it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Bunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it here. Our time's calling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. In my life, there's been hard heel, back, and pain. I don't know if I can wear sandals again. Can't stop now, I've washed oh so far. Is this a cleanly life? Ooh, hey, I wanna feel what sponge is, yeah. Mm. I want you to show me, hey. I want to feel what soap is, baby. Mm. Should I use it on my feet? Oh. <laughs> I ge- When I tell you I genuinely love my songs, like, I make... Are you the kind of person that just finds yourself hilarious? Like, I find myself hilarious. Like I can be in a room by myself and I'll start bussing up. Like I just have to think of something or I'll do an impression to myself and I'll just start laughing. Like if there was, if there were like secret cameras around that just watch me go about my day to day, it would actually be mad because I find myself so funny. And I feel like in life you have, you have to find yourself funny. Like you have to not take yourself seriously because life is a mess, you know? And if you don't laugh, you will cry. And at the end of the day, you can't come and kill yourself in it. So you like, I enjoy myself so much. That sounds masturbatory, but yeah, even in that sense, but I just find myself so hilarious that I find other people hilarious, but my favorite people, my favorite group of people that I find so funny are black women. Like I just, I don't know, especially like women like Londoners, like South Londoners, East Londoners. I mean, no shade to, you know, you North Londoners and West Londoners and all of them things there. But I guess growing up in South, we've just got a spe- like a specific type of humor. And I, all, yeah, I want to say it's people like women who've gone to girls only schools as well. Like our banter is next level. Our, our banter is actually next level, but just black women generally, I think that we're really, really funny. And I think that we're really funny because the rest of the world doesn't necessarily get to experience it in its full form because our our jokes and everything kind of stay in-house, like amongst us. And we see that the moment anything kind of seeps out, creeps out, gets into the main kind of like I don't know, stratosphere, everyone jumps on it and they just kill the joke dead. I just think black people are hilarious anyway, but black women, oh, we are, it's the Ebony's for me. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I, no, 
if you haven't seen that video, I can't even go into it. It's just, oof, it's the Ebony's for me. At his young age, I, I'm not even going to tell you where it's from if you don't know. But every time I think of it's the Ebony's for me, I, no, I start. I, I love the Ebony's. I think the Ebony's are sexy. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. But anyway, who is this person talking? It is me, Kalechi, in the motherfucking place to be. Okay. This is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mum. Our uh, guest in residence isn't here today. Sadiq isn't here today because he's very, very tired from... Lev's birthday party yesterday because I record this on Sunday and I'm recording this like very late in the day as well. I better not hear that fucking ice cream van also. But yeah, I'm just, oh, it's been a long, long day. I couldn't go for a run. I, you know, I love my Sunday runs. I could not. I am so tired. I had a nap with Lev before recording this and, you know, he's very tired, but he had the best day. It was lovely to see him like playing with like other children as well because lockdown we haven't had much of that but you got to like see all of these cousins and it was just beautiful and I got mm, like pretty much everything from black vendors um for the day you know from the canapes uh from them yeah from the canapes the cakes and I posted them in my stories but they would have disappeared now but yeah it was just it was just lovely and Lev and I had little matching outfits um yeah it was really cute it was really really cute it's a great day, but yeah, I'm exhausted. I was on my feet, like cooking um, on the barbecue the whole time. Um, so I made sure that there were canapes so people had things to eat when they arrived and stuff. And also, so I had like uh, vegan options for my bestie. My bestie, Lamy. So I made sure I had like some extra bits. Um, and Afri Nappe, they made um, uh, jerked, jerk cauliflower and they were cute. They were really cute. Um, just lots of food, man. It was, it was really, really nice. It was nice to kind of catch a vibe with the family, um, and my really close friends. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. It was a great day, but I am shattered. Like I am so tired. Let me tell you how tired I am. Yeah. So like the party was yesterday, the barbecue was yesterday. Um, like just, it was just a small group of my family and friends plus their children, um, got a bouncy castle and all of that stuff. They had a great time, but yeah, so, uh, that finished. My cousins obviously did not want to leave. So at 8 PM, I got myself Lev and my partner, we left and came, came home. When I got to my brother, uh, when I got to my mum's this morning, my brother was telling me how my cousins and everyone did not leave until 1 AM. Even my mum was partying to the party to the point that someone had to escort her upstairs so she could go to bed. Um, so I went over to go and clean up. Obviously I'm not just going to leave the place in a fucking mess. So I went to go and like scrub down the grill with those like metal brushes that you buy for the grill and that. So yeah, I was just there for ages, like cleaning up as soon as we, um, as soon as I got up, I drove over. I finished everything now, packed the food that I'd put aside for myself. Cause I also didn't take food, um, from my mum's yesterday. So I packed all the food now and, uh, my, uh, Sadiq's followed me to the car he's putting something in the boot and he asked me something and I was, uh, so as I was answering, I had my bag on the bonnet of the car. Um, that's the front of the car. I don't know what else to call it to you, man, that are not 
English. But um, yeah, so I put my bag on the bonnet of the car, like my little, you know, your, your like your waist bag, like the fanny pack, as some people like to call it, the bum bag. Yeah. So I put it on the bonnet of the car and I've gone to go and help him, you know, rearrange things in a boot. Shut the boot now. Um, got in the car. He's walked off, and I've started driving in it. So I've started driving through Peckham, and I'm about to turn at this junction, like to turn onto the main road. And I see two black people who are walking, and they're really looking at me in the car. So I was like, oh, maybe they re- recognize me from like the chat shit get banged video. So because that's happened quite a lot. So I'm I'm just there like facing my front, not really like saying a lot. And then they really, really looking at me and then they start pointing into the bonnet of the car. And I've been driving for, let's say, I don't know, like four minutes now, five minutes pointing to the bonnet of the car trust and believe in my days of just being exhausted I've left my bum bag on the bonnet of the car and I've just been driving but more so I didn't even clock it the time like I've been driving with this fucking thing sitting on the left side of the bonnet and I haven't looked and seen it in the time that I've been driving so it could have fallen off with everything that I've got in there that thing could have just dropped off but they were pointing at it and one uh, the woman ran over um the black woman ran over and like passed it to me through the window because I wound the window down and she passed it to me but imagine if I was stush imagine if I was just a waste girl that was like I'm a god what's everyone looking at me man why's everyone watching me man and I'm not trying to make eye contact and I would not have clocked that my bonnet um that I'd left my bum bag on the bonnet but that's how so freaking tired I am but you know, I had to show up today and do a, you know, a young episode, get, get this episode out for all of you, man, gender neutral in this case. But yeah, I'm just massive, massive love to all of you, my baby boys, my baby girls, my baby non-binaries, massive love to all of you for just supporting me at doing all of this stuff. It means the world to me. It really, really does. Um, so that's why I show up. I show up because I enjoy um, you know, bringing you something on a Monday or whenever you listen to this and, and yeah, just vibing with the people then. So let's get into it then. Let's go into the tarot for this week. Tarot is really interesting because the quest, the question that I asked spirit is that what should we be paying attention to as you know, the year starts winding down? Well, in some cases we're saying that the year is winding down, but things are going to ramp up, um, energetically. Um, and it, the first card that came out is the devil in reverse. And I think I read this in two ways. One of the ways that I read it is that we should be using the end of the year to kind of address any toxic traits and really break ourselves away from any um, toxicity that we perpetuate, not really focused on other people, but that we bring into the world. Any uh, kind of like, I want to say bad habits, but habits that we know that do not serve our highest good really watching out for those is it jealousy is which is also linked to insecurity is it it, ultimately is it a lack of peace because there's no matter what i use as an example everything will still come back to a lack of peace thus a lack of trust in your own innate divinity being aware of our God self, being aware of our divinity is what our focus should be. So therefore we're not caught up in situations where we aren't honoring ourselves and appearing as less than. So that's what the devil in reverse is saying. And it's also saying to me that what we're going to see as the um, end of the year approaches is a crumbling of these oppressive systems that do not serve us. Like we're going to see that play out even more. Basically all of like these like demonic, um, 
forces, these lower vibrational forces that do not want us to thrive as humans, that do not want us to ascend higher as a collective, as a global collective, we're going to see them really, really like basically burning down is the, is the term that comes to my mind. Like that we're going to see them like burn down, like crumble, um, in, in some shape or form, whether that's, um, I don't know, presidencies, uh, with, uh, people, thinking that they can move a certain way and the alliances that they've made going against them. So therefore they're not able to keep that power anymore. Like we'll see like things playing out in a really, really wild way, but all of this is happening. So we can, um, we can ascend like, so we can evolve that. So we can show up as our higher selves and we can be celebrated in that way. And I love the card that, um, cause I'm still using the Lisa star modern witch tarot deck and we've got the six of wands. We've got a black woman on a white horse and she's holding a, wa- a wand with the wreath on it and she's been celebrated and the victory is basically ours. Like the things that we've been working on that maybe came to a standstill because of everything that's happening, things will pick up and new things will come along where we'll be celebrated in a way that we haven't been celebrated before because people weren't able to see us the way that we, that we deserve to have been seen. Like we weren't appearing as how we should, because people were so kind of tied to, um, toxicity they were so tied to viewing for, for like specifically black women in a specific way. So not wanting to celebrate uh, celebrate us in the way that we deserve. And maybe there were things, maybe there were plans, deals from last year or years before that didn't pan out the way that you want. By the end of the year, you're going to see things kind of like ramping up again in that sense. But then the card that follows after that is the two of pentacles, because now we're going to have decisions to make about finances. But again, we're going to look at that devil in reverse again. You do not want to use these opportunities that are now coming your way to make yourself now beholden to fuckery the way that you have been in previous years you're breaking the bondage why do you want to enter back into it because a deal looks sparkly and it looks fancy I don't even know where this is coming from I'm just saying what's uh, as the words are coming out of my mouth I'm trying to listen to them but I'll probably have to listen to this back but um you don't want to end up making um decisions um financially or business-wise, career-wise, or even in terms of relationships, you don't want to start making decisions that's going to set you back and, and push you back to places that you've worked so hard to leave. Um, and that's further stressed by the fact that the card that's at the bottom of the deck is the seven of cups. Um, so there'll be options. There'll be lots of options that look fancy, that look like, Ooh, yeah, you're suddenly you're going to be hit with different options whether it is a relationship, whether it's career, whatever, you're going to be hit with different options. You know, like when they say like, you'll be waiting ages for a bus and then suddenly seven come at once. That's what's going to happen. You're going to get all of these options all at once. And the hope of spirit is that you've learned enough by now to know what's not going to serve you just by the little clues that they give, like how are they interacting with you and the messages? How are they, you know, um, how do they approach you? Are they being, um, transparent? Is it something that you feel like serves you, um, in terms of the person that you are? Does it reflect you back to you the way that you see yourself, um, in the best way or not? Like, these are the things that you consider. I say that because, um, um, a publication rich reached out to me and they were like, Oh, we'd like you to write for us. 
um, you can come and pitch us things. I said, I don't pitch things. Like I've got enough things that I'm doing in my life. I don't pitch things. You come to me, let me know that you want me to write something. And if I'm interested, we'll go from there. But also how much are you paying for this? And they're now paying less than my going rate. Right. And so I'm just like, but that's not my rate for writing, writing things. I'm not like, that's not my rate. And there are certain people that I'll go below my rate for, but I'm not going below my rate for these people because I haven't worked with them before. And also it's a lot of white women, white women, white people generally need to learn to pay black creatives when they want them to come on board because you're not doing me any fucking favors. In fact, I'm the one doing you a favor. Like my engagement rate is a matting regardless of how many followers you see on my page. My engagement rate is a fucking matting. Yeah. So for that I know what I bring to the table. If I write for you and then I post that I've written for you, I know what that and what numbers you're going to likely be doing off the things that I've written or the things that I've done in collaboration with you. So I'm coming now with the energy at this point in the year that fuck everybody in it. Like if you want to work with me, you will pay me accordingly and things will be done on my terms. So they're like, oh, well, yeah, maybe we can find it in a budget to pay you that. So first pitch us the idea and then, you know, I can take it to the team and and we can go from there. No, confirm that I will get my rates now and then I will consider whether I will give you a couple of ideas that you can take to your team. Confirm the rate now. Oh, well, can't confirm the rate now unless we have an idea of what you're going to write. I so, OK, then, well, in that case, we're not working together. Like I said, I'm not interested. Like I've got other things to do. So good luck with everything that you're doing. I'm not interested. Um, and they message back with, oh, well, that's a shame. Um, because the budget could have been there if, you know, you know, if we liked the, the subject that you wanted to cover, you can go suck your mums. What do you mean? Like, again, white people really, really think that they're doing you favors with the way that they approach things. And so like, I don't need you to validate what the fuck I'm going to write. I can decide that I want to fucking write about avocados like the rest of your white girls. Um, and I should be paid accordingly for that. But again, you want me to come with giving you like I, the, the perspective that I bring to a lot of things, it's a God given ability, right? It's an actual fucking gift. It's a blessing. And I'm only starting to deep this more and more as I settle into, um, understanding the gifts or, um, you know, being comfortable with having them. So as I'm seeing that, I'm seeing that raw, I bring a lot to the table. Like who is doing what I'm doing to the, at the capacity that at the ferocity that I'm doing it. Come on, come on, let's be serious now. And so now I'm recognizing my worth. I'm realizing all the people who aren't recognizing that worth. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Don't want to do that. If you don't want to pay accordingly, let's leave it as what it is. Um, and they weren't expecting that, but it's because they're used to people just being grateful, grateful, grateful. I'm not grateful for a rascal thing. I'm not grateful for a damn thing. Everybody should be grateful for me. Be grateful for my rascal existence. Be grateful that I am fucking here, that I just decided to grace you with my existence. Yeah. That's what we should be doing from here. That's how I'm seeing it with these corporations. Like be grateful that I'm in the fucking room. You thought that you were going to give me a little piece at your table, burn everything at your table. I don't care. You should just be glad that I arrived. Yeah. So I think that that's the energy that we all need to be coming with. Nobody's doing us any favors. Nobody's, you know, helping us with anything. Like you are the fucking talent Like you are the talent. And people need to treat you accordingly and value you accordingly. And this is what this is saying, that as these options come through, 
yes, some of them might look banging, but check that they are valuing you in action and, 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 and energy as well as money. They can't just be dashing money at you and then treating you like a dickhead. And they can't just be treating you well and then also giving you shit money. Like the money's there, like let them, uh, let people come correct. And you need to value yourself and, and not take things that, you know, are far below what you deserve for the things that you do. So that's really the energy there. And the card that I pulled from the archetype deck is the femme fatale. And it says here, light attributes, highlights the erotic energy of the feminine, opens your heart when your dependency is rejected. Shadow attributes, inappropriate use of sensuality, attachment to money and power. Look at that. And the attachment to money and power makes me think about the devil in reverse because we've seen two figures who are attached to the block, the black block um, that the devil is sitting on on this card like that's what happens in it like there there is a balance that you can find because we need these uh, material things to navigate this world we do like we need money to navigate the world and we shouldn't pretend that we don't the way that everything currently is you know and I want nice things I don't see why I should pretend that I don't want nice things but I don't want nice things at the expense of other people suffering but I do want my nice things and I should be able to have them right so that and that should be okay but it's looking at situations where you know that no 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 this is um this is wild you don't want to now for your whole existence to just be around money 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 hey must be funny in a white man's world ooh ooh yeah we don't we don't want to be doing those tussles um that a lot of white feminists i find in some um spaces are so concerned with getting the same money and power as white men they're not actually concerned about like um equality or equity it's just about having what their white fathers and uncles and brothers have and that's not what we want we don't want that kind of energy um we want to have money we want to have power within ourselves but not there just be oppressing and taking everybody else for idiot uh the card that came out from the messages from the angels card deck is angel caressa and it says here you are at the end of a cycle in your life call upon your angels to comfort you and guide you into your next step happiness awaits you now and I've been getting that message a lot, like, cause I, I think I've told you this before. I like to look up angel numbers and things will happen around me and it will prompt me to look at the time. So I always check the time where I look for the nearest number and I look up the angel number and it's always an accurate message for me at that specific time. So I've really like big up spirit and big up my spirit guides for, for all of that, because it's, it's wonderful. Um, and whenever I've been looking up numbers, when something you know, grabs my attention in that moment, it's always like, oh girl, you know, you're coming to the end of a phase in your life. You're moving to something else and, you know, it'll feel uncomfortable, but, you know, be prepared because it's for your highest good. And it means that you can show up in the world as exactly who the fuck you are and let all of these hoes know. Obviously they don't write it like that on the page, but that is what I have deduced from what I've read. Um, yeah. And, and the, it's interesting because that's what I was speaking to my therapist about, um, in our previous session and big up Emma in it because Emma was just like, I call bullshit. I call bullshit on what you're doing right now. I was like, ow, that hurts. What do you mean? What do you mean, Emma? But no, I, you know, I was grateful for it. And Emma was basically like, you are, 
appear to be from what you're saying, like, oh, you know, maybe I'm not the person to write this book and maybe I'm not the person to be putting this proposal and doing these things together. Maybe I'm just, and she's like, why are you doing that? You're like, from all of the sessions that we've had together and from what I've come to know of you, like you are, you know, you are the person you are, you know, you're the person for this. Is it probable? Is it likely that why you're doing this is because you know how successful, you know, you are going to be if you step out of your comfort zone and show up with all of your gifts, because I am aware of the things that you're doing, but the rest of the world isn't aware of, you know, the things that you're, you know, working on and the, you know, the things that you do in your day to day. Is it that if this were to be a thing, it will be so big, like who is scared of that? She was like, who is scared of that? And I was just like, I guess my inner child is scared of that because, you know, you, you step out and there could be people trying to violate you all over again. And I, and, and that's, and that's a scary thing, you know, to be out in the world and to be subjected to, you know, the whims and fuckery of random strangers and all of that stuff. And, you know, she was like, but what do we do when, you know, a little child is scared? Like we reassure them. So you reassure that part of you that, you know, you're the adult in this situation and you've got this now and you are, you know, powerful enough and you, you've, you're, you're strong enough and aware enough to protect that part of you. And I just thought, you know what? That is the truth. And that is why I fucking love you. That's why I fucking love you, Emma. She doesn't listen to this, but you know, like that is, you know, that's what I needed to hear because I, (laughs) I have the tendency, I have the propensity to move mad. Like I'm not, you know, a 24 seven mad mover, but I am mad moving adjacent. Like I definitely have the propensity to move mad. Like I'll know what I need to do for my best self. And I'll just be like, oh, I can't do it because people will say this and people will say that. Like, knowing that I don't give a shit, really. Like, and if people ever try to come at me, everyone that's tried to come at me, like you've you've crumbled and you've 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 been, you know, incinerated. It's not me that you'll bring that energy to. I've always told you that my ancestors will show up and show the fuck out. It's not me that you'll come and try that nonsense with. And I'm aware that I have this spiritual backing. I'm aware of, you know, my physical, um, what I bring to the table physically in my demeanor and everything and how I approach life and my energy. But that doesn't mean I enjoy conflict. Like I don't like it. I don't like having to bad people up. I really don't enjoy it. I really just want to live a life and do cute things. But I always find that then I've got to like show up and be like, oh, you bitch, you motherfucking thought and, and set people straight and pattern people up. But that doesn't, I don't, I just want to live a peaceful life, man. And I am just to, uh, you know, by all means, I'm, I'm finding more peace in every single moment and I'm really embracing it and running towards it. So really I said all of that to say like, we're all breaking, um, you know, generational, you know, um, obstacles and things like that. We are all trying to show up as more of who we are. Right. And we will be celebrated for that, but we have to make decisions where we're not just letting people celebrate us who are taking us for pricks, um, and wanting us to be a moment thing where we are a movement thing. Yeah. Like we're here for the long haul, not for, you know, to be flashing the pans, um, and all of that. So yeah, that's the, uh, tarot for this week. I will just I'll hop on over and big up this week's sponsors who are Express VPN, and I'll be back in a bit. Another week, 
another sponsored episode by the wonderful people at express vpn i know that a lot of you are getting your life now now that you fucking realize what i was telling you before to just like use the freaking app now you're living your best life now you're watching things from you know um across the pond and everything and everyone's you know everyone's doing enjoyment and that is the way that it should be so Like, you know, there are lots and lots of VPN providers out there and you've probably heard of a couple of them, but I personally enjoy ExpressVPN because it's just really, really simple to use. And um, I just think that they're they're great. Um, They don't log your data. So ExpressVPN doesn't log your data and lots of really cheap uh, or free VPNs do make money by selling your data to ad companies. So ExpressVPN is a developer technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info so they look at that they're checking on themselves um second the speed uh i've tried um another vpn in in the meantime and i feel like it's just really sluggish and and slow so i've been using express vpn for a while now i'd say "Mm, when did i start well it's been a few months and the internet speed is great and i've got great internet speed at home as well so it just makes everything work really blazing fast and i just love it um so even when you connect to the service thousands of miles away, you can still st- stream HD quality videos with zero lag. And the last thing is that they really, really set themselves apart from other VPNs because, like I said, they're just really fucking easy to use. You don't, you don't have to, like, do mad things. You just f- get the app, download the app, fire it up, click one button to connect, and it's really that simple. Even... Even your mum that's like, ah, come on, come on, grab the remote and come on, change this for me. Even your mum will be able to do it. Your dad will be able to do it. Like it's, it's really, really simple to use. Um, and they've got great reviews on Wired and The Verge, CNET and other tech experts basically say that they are the ting. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and use my link expressvpn.com slash straws today and get an extra three months free or on a one year package. That's expressvpn.com slash straws. So visit expressvpn.com slash straws to learn more and get your motherfucking life. Okay, now let's get to share your magnificence. So excited for this week's episode of uh, this week's episode, <laughs> this week's segment of Share Your Magnificence, because I think I've got some really cute bits to share with you. So I'll start with this letter. That says, Dear Kelechi, in the place to be. Oi, oi! <laughs> I'm a white Welsh man. Okay, okay. And a recently converted but highly devoted fan of SYM. But this letter is not about me. I'm writing to you to share the magnificence of my wonderful girlfriend and baby girl, Shiro Gitao. We are both medical students in Wales, a place with beautiful nature but absolutely vile amounts of both covert and overt racism. Couple this with a medical school which perpetuates systemic racism in healthcare with its white-orientated, underrepresentative ed- um, education, and this makes this a massively hostile place for her, or space for her, a black Kenyan woman. However, in spite of this oppressive place, she is absolutely flourishing. Not only is she smashing it in regards to her academic studies, passing every exam with flying colours, she also manages to find the time and the strength to push for change and social justice in this university 
She has been elected as, uh, to several society committees, notably as Equality and Diversity Officer for OBS and Guyanese Society, a position which allows her to vet the society's events and ensure that they are vocally anti-racist and representative of black women and other women of colour. She also uses this position to sp- uh, spread awareness of the inequalities within women's health and what steps medical students can take to contribute towards dismantling the systemic racism. She's also a year rep for the newly formed medics BAME Society, and is one of the small group of students with whom the medical school are consulting to improve and decolonize the whole teaching curriculum so that the same academic microaggressions and misconceptions are not repeated for future years of medical students. Having the ear for the heads of the medical school... um, Having the ear of the heads of the medical school is such a valuable opportunity to create meaningful, lasting change. And we can all just pray that the university makes good on its promises to listen to black student voices. You might be thinking that these achievements alone are already impressive. Of course, you know that I am. But there's more. She's part of a network of other black medical students across the UK who have collaborated on an e-book. This serves as a black uh, prospectus of UK medical schools and shows how well they cater for black students, including their support services, mental health and well-being support and anti-racism actions, if any. The e-book also contains plenty of advice from current black students on how to navigate medical school. These documented lived experiences will be an invaluable resource for prospective students who want more information about how diverse, inclusive and anti-racist these medical schools really are. Especially as we know that universities love to claim diversity and um, inclusivity in their advertisements, but the situation is in real life couldn't be more different. Most recently, and perhaps most amazingly of all, she has been selected to be a writer and researcher for the new In Hysteria podcast by Dr. Suba, formerly of Life After the Letters podcast, which is a dream opportunity for her as Shiro is a gifted writer and poet and is also a huge fan of that podcast and Dr. Suba's and Dr. Emile's work. As you can see, Shiro is using her entire platform and every might of her energy to haul our university into a better place than it was when she arrived. She has achieved huge things here already in, the, in just two years, all while studying an incredibly intense course and acing it. And I know even bigger achievements are still to come. She's my constant inspiration and I'm so proud of her. Thank you, Kalechi, for reading out my lengthy letter. Thank you for consistently being amazing at what you do and may you, your family and your friends be forever well um thank you warm wishes i was going to try and read that welsh but for let me not disgrace myself today so thank you reese thank you for that wonderful letter thank you two slaps on your chest shira yes kenyan baby girl get it and make sure you're making time for rest or because you are really carrying wells on your back so please rest also but this is wonderful and two slaps on your chest reese for writing this in. I appreciate it. I, I just, I appreciate it. I, I love it. I love it. All right. Next letter. Here we go. Says here. Good afternoon, Queen of Queens. And I hope this week has treated you well. In an unusual turn of events, I would like to nominate myself for a magnificence this week. I've been in the process of moving into a flat on my own for the first time for the past week and it's been alternating hell and heaven it's exhausting but so worth it as i know my mind will be better for it in all the buzz and change i haven't been very good at looking after myself so the flat is a mess and so is my body 
I used to power lift, but I haven't been back to the gym since February because other people are disgusting. And as a result, I haven't had that regular stress relief and my joints are struggling. I have hypermobility and the strength training and physio have really helped, but I've been neglecting both. This culminated in me partially dislocating my knee last night. Oh gosh, while kneeling, a simple kneeling. Oh, oh. So I'm feeling very sensitive today. I also realized I haven't listened to this week's episode of SYM and that's what usually sets my week up for stability. So today I'm doing my physio, signing back up for the gym, listening to you and being kind to myself. This self-compassion is unfamiliar to me, but it's become a necessity because truly nobody else can be as kind to me as I have the potential to be to myself. In previous episodes with my depression similar to this week, I've gone in a self-flagellating spiral, but today I'm saying no and choosing kindness simply because I can. I wouldn't have been in this place without you. Oh, thank you. So I'm also nominating you for at least 10 slaps. on your chest because I am by far not the only one you've inspired in this way. Thank you from the bottom of my soul with love, D. P.S. Cannot wait for the new cards. They're very, 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 very close. P.P.S. Look at my dreamy little lounge. I cannot believe it. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. I love it. Oh, plant queen, come through. Come through, plant queen. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. Yes. Uh, two slaps on your chest, D. Two slaps. You've got your place. You're going to be living your best life. And I love that. The main thing about that is that you're choosing kindness to yourself. Like this week, all of us, as you're listening to this, no matter where your mind has wandered to with all of the deadlines that you might have and all the things coming up that you've got to do and all the responsibilities that you have just in this moment, take a breath and say to yourself, I'm a rasclart G. That's it. I am a rasclart G. And just give yourself small, small two slaps on your chest. Because you, you motherfucking deserve, okay? You fucking deserve it. Like every fucking week you tune into this podcast and you just say to yourself, like, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to this woman. I'm going to listen to her talk on and on and on about the most random fucking things. And I'm just going to listen, okay? And I, I don't know what accent that was. I don't know what accent that was. But that's not important. What's important is that you're still here upon every fucking thing that has happened in life. But most especially this year, you're still holding on. Can't stop now. You've traveled so far in this lonely life. You need to know what rest is. Yeah. And I wish I could show you. But, you know, I I need to lead by example. So that's why I need to just get on with the, get on with um, everything that um, we need to cover in this episode. But thank you, Dee. Two slaps on your chest for being absolutely amazing and putting yourself first. And those f- spirals happen to all of us. Like I haven't run really this week. Not really. Um, and obviously I didn't run today. And there was a part of me that was like, oh, you didn't run. You didn't run. And I had to check myself and be like, fam. Sometimes rest, you know, sometimes sit down. And I wasn't even resting because I was cleaning up my mum's from the party yesterday, a party that I was standing cooking all of the, you know, food on the grill, apart from the canapes and things that we ordered. So my legs are feeling it. So I can't come and be beating myself up because I didn't go for a run, man. Because I, I'm one of them people when I have a have like when I have a routine, I like to stay within my routine. But you've got this year is about learning to flow with things because you can't control everything you've got to just take it easy take them easy man 
Um, here we go. Another letter. Dear Kelechi, I hope you're doing well and have found some better running shorts with proper pockets. Yes, thank you. Because the way that those shorts dig into my fanny lips, I cannot, I cannot. Anyway, I'm fairly new to your podcast and so thankful for your content and dedication. Please know that your work is meaningful to many. I'm writing to share the brilliance of Jamaican-born Stacey Ann Chin. Stacey Ann has long been a poetic powerhouse and activist, and I would love for her to be given a spotlight and share your magnificence, unless, of course, she's already been gotten big ups and I've not gotten to that episode yet. No, she hasn't. So, yeah. Anywhere, anywhere. Um, Recently, BAM Brooklyn shared one of her reading performances on their Instagram page, and I was totally blown away by it. The piece she performed is entitled Tsunami Rising. I'm sharing this with you because I think it will resonate as it... um, as it echoes so much of what you share with the world through the podcast. Personally, the words stirred up emotions in me and moved me to tears. It somehow made me feel seen as a black woman while also shining an even brighter light on everything all black women endure and persevere through. Through her work, Stacey Ann is always striving to give a voice to the challenges women face and the rights they deserve. You can view the performance at the link below so you can all go on Instagram on BAM Brooklyn and check it out. And wishing you the best and God's blessings. Thank you, Stacey Anchin. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for using your creativity to shed a light on the experiences of black women because I think that this is our year, our year to use the gifts that we have to bring truth to the foreground because we are being given, I don't want to use that orange motherfuckers phrase, but we are being given a lot of fake news, a lot of news that's to tell us um, that we don't deserve peace, that we don't deserve tranquility, that we don't deserve rest. And we've got to be the ones to use our talents, our gifts, our blessings to let the world know that no, actually we do truth should be what we prioritize in all of this so thank you for sending that letter through two slaps on your chest new listener i appreciate you um i wonder if that's all the share your magnificence from all of you people yes so my share your magnificence goes out to banksy so banksy has funded a rescue vessel um that's evacuated um uh, Banksy funded rescue vessel res- rescue vessel evacuated after distress um, after a distress call. So about 400 migrants remain stranded aboard several rescue vessels in the central Mediterranean as international aid groups use European officials um, urge European officials to let them come ashore. It says here, the British street artist Banksy has accused European officials of ignoring maritime distress calls from non-Europeans after he helped fund a rescue vessel to assist migrants stranded in the central Mediterranean for days. Hundreds of migrants are were transferred to several rescue ships on Saturday as international aid groups urged European officials to let them come ashore. One of the vessels, the Louise Michel, was funded by Banksy. According to a series of posts on the Louise Michel's uh, Twitter account, the ship set out on Thursday to help 89 people on a um, rubber dinghy. Um, During its mission, it came across another ship with about 130 people who were also rescued. At that point, with more than 200 people aboard the Louise Michel, 
Um, Shell's crew of 10 could no longer steer the ship because of the overcrowding on its deck and issued a distress call. The ship was near Lampedusa, an um, an Italian island off the African coast that has become a gateway to Europe for many migrants. The Italian Coast Guard, responding to the distress call, said it taken in 49 passengers it considered the most vulnerable, as well as the body of a migrant who had died before being transferred to the Louis Michel. Around 150 migrants were moved to the Sea Watch 4, a humanitarian ship that already had about 200 rescued migrants on board and was itself in search of a port. An additional 27 migrants from Libya, including children, have been on board the commercial vessel Maersk Etienne for more than three weeks. Uh, three weeks. Banksy posted a video of the rescue mission on Instagram on Saturday that showed images of migrants in distress overlaid with the words, like most people who make it in the art world, I bought a yacht to cruise the med. It continued, it's a French Navy vessel we converted into a lifeboat because EU authorities deliberately ignored distress calls from non-Europeans. Um... The Louis Michel, a former French patrol boat, has the word rescue emblazoned on it in bright pink and features a Banksy painting of a girl in a life jacket stretching her arm towards a heart-shaped safety boy. Um, um, The image um, resembles the artist's girl with balloon stencil murals. Yeah. I have to rate Banksy... Because put your money where your mouth is. Open your fucking purse. And Banksy's been about it for ages, right? Banksy, if you listen to this podcast, which I don't think you do, but should you ever hear this, I want you to know that you're a rascal G. I want you to know that you're a baby person because imagine if Banksy wasn't even a man. But anyway, Banksy you're appreciated, like, do what you're fucking doing, because imagine that we live in a world, you don't even have to imagine, because we're living it, we're in a world where it's the everyday people who are having to do the job of the government, that's fucked up, that they are happy for these people, these people who are seeking asylum, obviously trying to escape very, very horrendous situations, and it's not even like this, the European countries they're coming to are vastly better but it's better than where they were and it's usually the european countries that have destabilized the countries that they're coming from in the first fucking place and it's interesting how europeans could be going everywhere specifically white europeans specifically the white british you man can go everywhere and go and live up in everybody else's fucking space but then be talking about oh i'm an expatriate or expat um, i'm an expat so I could be here and, you know, this is fine for me and whatever. No, no. If, if, if people who are seeking asylum, if people are seeking safety in this country cannot come here, then you should not be allowed to go to anybody else's country because you of all people are the ones that have outstayed your welcome in everybody else's fucking country. Should I start listing them? Hmm? You white people will show up in your African country. They will show up there, live there for centuries and then be talking about, oh, we are all one. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're we're not. We're not one. In fact, we're not even 25%. Get the fuck out. Get out. So it's, I don't condone violence in, 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 in the regards of like people being killed and things like that. Um, like what takes place in certain countries that white people have refused to leave, um, after oppressing the people for centuries. 
But sometimes pack your bag and go. Sometimes pack your bag and go. I don't want to hear because no, I don't want to hear that. Oh, well, you know, this is all my family's ever known because the fact is the language that you speak isn't even of the language of the people there. So you can very easily pack your bag and go because you're always telling everybody else, speak fucking English, speak this, speak that. But you don't speak the people's language when you go there. And in fact, when you do, you just do the most with it. So I just find it really, really frustrating that it's okay for white people to go to other people's um, countries, especially white Europeans, to go to other people's countries, carve out a space for themselves there, hack out a space for themselves there, and they have the effrontery to not want it the other way around. It's a mad thing. It's, a, it's an absolute mad thing. You don't want people to come because you don't want them to stay because you know that that's what you do when you go to other people's countries. You outstay your welcome, even if they haven't even welcomed you in the first fucking place. All your gifts are diseases and and capitalism and and white supremacy. Those are the only gifts you come bearing. Keep it. Keep the fucking gifts. Um. So yeah, big up yourself, bank. Uh, big up, big up yourself, Banksy two slaps on your chest for just doing what needs to be done i rate it i rate it i rate it anyway let's move on to so you mad then let's get into it so so you mad this week what have i what have i got for you this could have gone into part of it might have gone into show magnificence but it's all in one <laughs> um hi kelechi as a long-time silent listener of your podcast and follower on social media, I feel like you are often inside my head and articulating so many of the things I think out loud. Thank you for all that you do. I'm not sure if I can have these two in one place, but it will make sense in a minute or two, I promise. My first share your magnificence without saying goes to you for just being yourself and bringing all the gifts you bring to this madness. Thank you. My second share your magnificence goes to Sister Ngozi, Sister Rose and Sister Janomi of Sister Space. Sister Space is a charity based in Hackney who support women of African heritage who are survivors of domestic abuse. The charity was funded after the Metropolitan Police failed to take complaints of a black woman called Valerie Ford seriously. She and her child were later murdered by her abusive ex-partner. As we know, the generic system and support which are in place are not designed to work with and appreciate the nuances of black women's lives and experiences. The women of Sister Space run an invaluable 24-hour service supporting survivors during and following incidents of abuse. The charities run purely by volunteers who provide emotional and spiritual support, among other services, as they are all qualified IDVAs, Independent Domestic Violence Advisors, they have spent many years saving many lives. So slaps on the chest of all of these queens. This leads me to my So You Mad. Can you please send all the straws? Okay, so that would be straws of the week. Um, the, the straws to Mayor Philip Glanville, Mayor of Hackney. Sister Spaces spent... Um, Sister Spaces spent uh, many years complaining to the mayor of Hackney and the council that their, premise, their premises were unsafe and unsuitable. They were moved temporarily to a different space, which was more suitable. But for the last few months, the mayor of Hackney and the council have decided to evict Sister Space from this location without a safe space for them to deliver their services. This issue was created by the mayor of Hackney 
who tried to get Sister Space to move out of their premises in the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, which disproportionately affects people of African heritage. The mayor and the council have spent the last few months publicly slandering and bullying these queens on social media, using Trump-level politics to try and create problems, refusing to communicate directly with them, and generally perpetuating all of the problems which come with white male patriarchy. Despite Sister Space trying to work with the council to come to a conclusion, they have continued with their barrage of bullying and oppressive colonizer tactics um throughout all of this the council have also released their performative black lives matter statement saying how they support and value the black people in the borough even though all of of this pressure and madness even through all of the pressure of this pressure and madness sister space have continued to provide a service Uh, provide services to as many women as they can but for obvious reasons this has been at a significantly lower rate than their usual reach can you please extend all of the straws to the mayor of hackney and the council and all of the praise and blessings to sister space sending love and light to you and all of your family thank you very much that should have been straw of the week but um sister space big up yourselves i've mentioned you on this podcast before um the work that you're doing is greatly 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 appreciated thank you um you see what i mean when i'd say about the the council and how they like to move mad moving mad because if someone wanted to open now a coffee shop that is going to be on a street with another 67 coffee shops you would be falling over yourselves to give them all of the permits and all of the things to do what they need to do. But this specific space that is needed to help women of African um, heritage who are in very, very dangerous situations, you don't want to do, you'll find every loop to, to we, we like weave your way through so you don't have to do the work and you don't have to be rec- accountable and responsible. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. And I, and these, you know, this is why I usually say that I hate it here because it's annoying. It's incredibly annoying. Let's get to my next letter. Says here, hi, Kalechi. I hope you're doing well. I'm going to try and keep this short. So Adele, I, hmm, I just don't even want to extend any more energy on a colonizer doing their thing. I don't have the time. I understand that Carnival is a place where many people of different backgrounds go to and I also am not informed enough to speak about on that dynamic. I had a slight issue with the Bantu knots, but even so, I can't go and kill myself for these white women making themselves look stupid. My biggest issue was actually a comment I saw under the post. It was written by some high horse riding fool who said, the originals, Jamaicans and Africans, their spelling mistakes, not mine, um, don't really care. She is paying hom- um, She's paying homage some of you, some of your African-Americans that don't really know your culture be screaming culture appropriator yet can't stand next to your true pure African ancestors. Go and visit home. I absolutely hate this narrative with my entire chest. This whole, I know my history and you don't, so I'm better than you narrative is so frustrating and in no way helpful for the diaspora. As if it was their ancestors' decisions to strip themselves of their culture and humanity. And the part about go home is so dumb as it completely ignores the struggles that they may face economically due to um, due to just some 400 odd years of suffering physically and systemically. I um, I swear I've never wanted to smack some sense into someone so much. The way people lack empathy and common sense shocks me sometimes. But yeah, I'm sure you may have a better way of saying this. So I'll leave it here. Thank you for reading this if you do. And I hope you have a great week from one baby girl to another. 
that was also followed up with hi again just to clarify I'm not actually in any way really bothered about Adele I feel it looked kind of messy and could have been executed better but it didn't really bother me but as I'm not Jamaican slash Caribbean I felt it's not really my place to decide if it was offensive or not lots of love thank you um same I feel like you have to know your lane and my lane is not to speak on Adele's um um you know Jamaican uh I bought it at the airport bikini top and and her leggings like that is not my place to say anything regarding that the Bantu knots though Ah, I have a problem with the Bantu knot. I do have a problem with the Bantu knot. And don't get it twisted. Adele has given us bang girls. Yeah. When we do hello from the other side. I must have twerked a thousand times to tell you. Come ride me with. No, sorry. That was not her version. I'm so sorry. But I mean, if you can take my things, I can take your things. Um, as you know, a former student of the Brit School, uh, you know, with fellow student of fellow former student of Brit, the Brit School, I respect lots of things that Adele has done. This might be the thing that I respect the least. I think it's the nicest, kindest way to say that. I think that when white women, when white people generally are dating black people. You don't have to, oh, I'm going to talk about cosplay later on. You don't have to do these things. And especially if you're going to do them, could you like maybe just do them in the privacy of your own home and then not post them? Because what I can't stand is then how white publications will see that hairstyle and be like, oh my God, the Adele knot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do the Adele knot. And then you're moving Bantu knot further away. And then you'll get one celebrity in um, inverted commas, a hairstylist who's like, oh yeah. So I was really inspired by the Adele knot. So that's what I'm going to do here on on my little model. I don't like it. I don't like it because, and as somebody who everyone was talking about how she has such close proximity to black people as if that makes any of this fucking okay. Um, she's got such close proximity to black people growing up in Tottenham and all of that, that, um, you know, that's what affords her the space to be able to do this. But I feel like if you've grown up around black people, you should also know the things that you should do and shouldn't do. And especially when you know the platform that you have and, and, to me, that's appropriation when it becomes a thing of profit. You know the conversation that that kind of image is going to start online. You know how it. You know how it's going to go. You can't be naive. You know how it's going to go. And therefore, putting the focus on you about something that shouldn't actually be about you. Why is it not that white women can be part of something and fall the fuck to the back? Why have you got to center yourself in things? That is my only sort of issue with it like do what you're doing but also have respect for what it means like we all have to be aware of the power that we wield and how we go about using that and I feel like Adele should have known better as to what her platform would do with that sort of image and that's all I'll say on it I've got literally nothing to comment about anything else to do with that picture because it's not my place um regarding the comment though I agree with you some people just write bullshit, go home, return home, return home to where exactly? Do you want to tell me where exactly I'm from? Do you want to do that? 
And they oversimplified this whole go home thing because we've also got to understand that if you've grown up within a a specific system and you're going to enter into another system, you have to look at the privilege of the, the system that you're coming from and what you'll be asserting in the new dynamic of where you're going. You know, so people don't, oh, there's just so much when it comes to the whole back to Africa year of the return da, 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 that people aren't considering. And it just makes me a bit annoyed, really. But you said everything you need to say. I wouldn't. There's nothing I really want to um, add to that. I support. I support this message. Um, so there's that. And oh, my. Um, so you mad for this week uh, that I found hilarious is that um, Dr. Dre's wife wants a divorce. Yes. Dun, I was going to do... Dun, 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 I don't know how... Dun, 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 dun. You know what I'm doing. You know. Anyway, it says here, Dr. Dre, estranged wife justifies $2 million um, a month support and claims domestic violence. Uh, before I even go into anything yet, this is not a case of victim blaming, but we've known that Dr. Dre has been rather violent to his previous partners. So when you see that, when you are aware of such information, same with, you know, um, is it Joe Budden? We've heard these stories about these men being, you know, allegedly violent to their partners, right? So why will you now take yourself there to go and be with them? What, what makes, what makes you think that your experience with them will be different? What? Same with Chris Brown. What makes you think that your experience with this person is going to be different? And then you all go there and then now you'll turn around and go, oh yeah, well they, the water was wet as other people had claimed prior to me entering the water. And now you're drowning. Look at that. Anyway, it says here, Dr. Dre's estranged wife claims in legal documents that Dre was violent with her in the past. And she also ticked off why she needs nearly 200 million, uh, sorry, $2 million a month in temporary spousal support while their divorce winds its way through the legal system. And the expenses she lists are eye popping. So this was something that was broken by um, TMZ. And it says here, Nicole Young wants $1,936,399 to cover her expenses. Here's the breakdown. Laundry and cleaning, $10,000 a month. Clothes, $135,000 a month. Education, tuition and living expenses, $60,000 a month. Entertainment, $900,000 a month. Charitable contribution. <laughs> i'm really trying i was really trying to i was really trying to read this with a straight face anyway charitable contributions one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a month mortgage one hundred thousand dollars a month telephone cell phone and email twenty thousand dollars a month in all she says she actually has a monthly um she says she actually has a monthly nut of two million five hundred and thirty hundred thousand dollars is what she needs um, as we reported, well, they say TMZ reported sources connected to Dre say he's covering all of her expenses, including the Malibu house where Nicole is staying with chefs and security, etc. Um, but in her documents, Nicole says Dre has been controlling her purse strings, con- controlling with the purse strings, denying her the right to use, among other things, her 
Amex Black, her American Express Black card. In her documents, um, Nicole goes into detail about the prenup she signed using the gun to the head metaphor just before their wedding. She also says Dre ripped it up several years into the marriage, although he denies it. Um, At stake is as much as a billion dollars. Yeah. I, the story goes further, but I just found that so, so, so interesting so interesting another light skin oh la is just full of the light skins um two million dollars a month laundry and cleaning ten thousand dollars a month like fam you've got expensive clothes in it do what you're doing you for clothes that you now want to buy on top of the laundry and cleaning that you're doing you want one hundred and thirty five thousand dollars a month okay again do what you're doing education tuition and living expenses sixty thousand dollars a month i don't know who you're paying for the tuition but i need to get into that bag do you want to learn yoruba i be i can teach you the the amount that i know um but entertainment entertainment our good sis wants nine hundred thousand dollars a month for entertainment oh lord oh my god for nine hundred thousand dollars a month who the fuck is coming to entertain you for that amount for that amount whitney houston needs to be waking up for that amount the only person that could be worth you paying that is whitney houston like you must be getting whitney to come through whitney is returning from heaven to come and entertain you because i don't understand what the fuck do you need nine hundred thousand dollars a month to live on huh I have been for 33 years, guys, for 33 years, I've been laughing for free. I have been laughing. I've been doing ha 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 for free. Not knowing that my, 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 my counterparts, my peers were being paid $900,000 a month for laughing, for being entertained. No wonder I have, no wonder this life is a mess. No wonder I had to make this podcast because I promise you, if someone was paying me $900,000 a month to be entertained, you lot would not see me. Huh? What time do I have to come and be your own entertainment when I am being entertained? Angel Michael, Angel Gabriel must descend and come and entertain me because 900, what? But I'm like, you know what? Get your money. I'm definitely not, not like you get your money because uh, a lot of, um, women um, in divorces and are, after they get divorced, are, uh, divorced are left in very precarious situations. So you get your money. I'm just looking at the breakdown. Like rah, God, if this goes through, if the legal, if the if the legal system entertains this, if the courts entertain this, and she gets this, Lord, come and do my own. I don't want divorce, so but come on, come on, come on, give me so, such money. Come on, give. Do you ever? I used to have the maddest, like you know, daydreams that someone would just walk past and just be like, you know what? I just, I think you're a really great person. I think you're so incredibly funny. Can I just give you like thirty thousand pounds a month just for you to just enjoy? I don't want anything from you. In fact, I also have this mansion. Do you, do you like? Do you want it? Yeah, you can have it. There you go. Just go and live your best life. I just, I just love that you're just so just amazing. I love your little quips. There you go. Obviously it hasn't happened, but you know, I used to think about that, but you know, there are people out there who are doing serious enjoyment. And I do think there's a problem with um, Dr. Dre saying that she can't use her black American express card, because again, this is what I'm saying. Like the, um, what do they call it? Is it, um, it's like financial abuse. That is, that's it. That's the term like financial abuse. When you um, are going through conflicts with your partner and then you start trying to limit what they can do financially that's it that's manipulative and it's an it's an actual form of abuse um 
Then the bit that made me laugh is charitable do- charitable contributions, $125,000 a month. You want to be charitable <laughs> with my own money. You you want to go and do charity with my own with my own money. Do the charitable giving from your $900,000 a month that you need for entertainment. Go and entertain yourself through charity. It's not me. What? Wow. And mortgage, $100,000 a month. Wow. I'm here looking at mortgages that are like, like, I don't know, 3000 pounds a month. And I'm like, yeah. And then there are people out here with $100,000 a month mortgages. If I shout right now, but telephone, cell cell phone, email, $20,000 a month. What internet service provider? Who is your, who's providing your services that you need $20,000 a month for internet, telephone, email? Are they no longer internet cafes? Like, do you remember internet cafes? They were very interesting. I used to be there all the time, one pound per hour. Oh gosh. Um, it's really a mad list. It's really a mad list. But you know, if you can get your money, get your money. Because at the end of the day, if uh, people are going to go around trying to brock up women or even threaten them with brocking them up, and you, we know that you've brocked up women in the past, your partners, then let your money be taken from you. That, that is, that is what it is. I don't, I don't really care. But um, yeah, that's that for So You Mad. Um, and I guess now we move into straw of the week and i've only got one straw this week and i'm just going to keep it so cute and so quick jessica krug jessica krug yeah if you don't know about jessica krug jessica is a white woman who for the longest time has been pretending to be a black woman not just that but she's also um while she was doing all of this higgy hagger she um she was also an African and African diaspora history professor, a professor of African and African diaspora history. Can you not see white supremacy at work? Can you not see how white people are infiltrating these studies, pretending to be black women? So you'll think that their, their, their perspective is a valid one. So they can usurp what we are taught about African history and um, African diaspora history. That's how I see this. I see this as like a strategy to keep black people oppressed in one regard. Excuse me. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, to keep black women oppressed, black people oppressed in one regard, in in one space, like you're taking up literal space that could have gone to a black woman, to gone to a black woman uh, professor. And then you are there teaching as somebody who is pretending to be black. So knowing that you are being deceptive, you're now coming to come and teach this history. So I can only imagine that you're teaching the history in a deceptive way and it's not accurate as far as I'm concerned and when other people had clocked through the years and tried to call her out she went into a whole thing and and you know weaponized her light her light skinness even though that now we're aware that it was just actual whiteness so um Jessica Krug um decided to write about it she wrote um a piece on Medium And she said, for the better part of my adult life, every move I've made, every relationship I've formed has been rooted in the napalm toxic soil of lies, not just any lies. To an escalating degree over my adult life, I have eschewed my lived experience as a white Jewish child in suburban Kansas City under various assumed identities within a blackness that I had no right to claim. 
first North African blackness, then US rooted blackness, then Caribbean Bronx blackness. I have not only claimed these identities as my own when I had no, absolutely no right to do so. When doing so is the very um, epitome, um, epitome of violence of thievery and appropriation of the myriad ways in which non-black people um, continue to use and abuse black identities and cultures. But I have formed intimate relationships with loving, compassionate people who have trusted and cared for me when I have deserved neither trust nor caring. People have fought together with me and have fought for me and my continued appropriation of a black Caribbean identity is not only in the starkest terms wrong, unethical, immoral, anti-black, colonial, but it means that every step I've taken has gaslighted those whom I love. Um, Intention never matters more than impact to say that I clearly have been battling some unaddressed mental health demons for my entire life as both an adult and a child is obvious mental health issues likely explain why I assumed a false identity initially as a youth and why I continued and developed it for so long the mental health professionals from whom I have been so belatedly seeking help assure me that this is a common response to some of the severe trauma that marked my early childhood and teen years but mental health issues can never will never neither explain nor justify neither condone nor excuse that in spite of knowing and regularly critiquing any and every non-black person who appropriates from black people my false identity was crafted in entirely from the fabric of black lives that I claimed belonging with living people and ancestors to whom and for whom and my being is always a threat at best and a death sentence at worst I'm not a culture vulture I'm a culture leech um I have thought about ending these lies many times over many years but my cowardice was always more powerful than my ethics that is the word I know right from wrong I know history I know power I am a coward I am a coward. There is no ignorance, no innocence, nothing to claim, nothing to defend. I've moved wrong in every way for years. I really thought she was going to say she'd move mad there, but you know, we're, we're aware. Um, I believe in restorative justice where possible, even when and where I don't know what that means or how it would work. I believe in accountability and I believe in cancel culture as a necessary and righteous tool for those with less structural power to wield against those with more power. I should absolutely be cancelled. No, I don't write in a passive voice ever because I believe that we must name power. So you should absolutely cancel me. And I absolutely cancel myself. (laughs) And I absolutely cancel myself. What does that mean? I don't know. Accountability works only when you are in community with people. How can I be in any type of meaningful community with those whom I have so harmfully and horrifically deceived for so long? Um, I don't believe that any anti-black life has an errant inherent value i don't know what to build from here i don't know that it is possible to repair a single relationship i have with another person living or dead and i don't believe i deserve the grace or kindness to do so my politics are as they have been and those politics condemn me in the loudest and most unyielding terms i've built my life on a violent anti-black lie and i've lied in every breath i've taken there are no words in any language to express the depth of my remorse but then again there shouldn't be words are never the point The wrath of all whom I've harmed individually and collectively will never erase the harm I've done. Pain and trauma, injustice and violence aren't algebra and there's nothing to put on the other side of this equal sign but a big bold void. I don't know how to fix this. I'm attempting to lay out a timeline of my deceit to better understand all whom I violated and how and to begin to imagine how to restore, to address, to redress but I can't fix this. I've burned every bridge and have no expectation that any of my relationships are flame resistant. I would never ask for nor expect forgiveness. I long to repair my relationships on whatever terms those whom I've harmed need, but only 
those whom I have harmed can decide if they are willing. To everyone who trusted me, who fought for me, who vouched for me, who loved me, who is feeling shock and betrayal and rage and bone marrow, deep hurt and confusion, violation in this world and beyond, I beg you, please do not question your own judgment or doubt yourself. You are not naive. I was audaciously deceptive. I have... Uh, I have a very clear, loud conscience, but I have acted as if I had none. I gaslit you. I begged for your compassion and love for my isolation and loneliness, real and raw feelings, but born of the avalanche of deceit. Um... When I was a teenager feeling trauma, fleeing trauma, I could just run to a new place and become a new person. But this isn't trauma that anyone imposed on me. This is harm that I enacted onto so many others. There is nowhere to run. I've ended the life I had no right to live in the first place. I have no identity outside of this. I've never developed one. I have, I have to figure out how to be a person that I don't believe should exist and how as that person to even begin to heal, uh, to heal any of the harm that I've caused. No white person, no non-black person has the right to claim proximity to or belonging in a black community by virtue of abuse, trauma, non-acceptance and non-belonging in a white community. The abuse within and alienation from my birth family and society are no one's burden but my own and mine to um, mine alone to address. Black people and black communities have no obligation to harbour the refuse of non-black societies. I have done this. I know it is wrong and I've done this anyway. I have not lived a double life. There is no parallel form of my adulthood connected to white people or a white community or an uh, or an alternative white identity. I have just lived this lie fully, completely with no exit plan or strategy. I have built only this life, a life within which I have um, I have operated with a radical sense of ethics of right and wrong with and with rage rooted in black power and ideology with which every person should support but to which I have no possible claim as my own there is no way for me to satisfactorily um end this statement this isn't a confession it isn't a public relations move and it damn sure isn't a shield it is the truth though okay let me tell you one thing because you know me I don't like to lie yeah let me tell you one thing that is how you write a fucking apology yeah i jessica krug is still getting a straw jessica can go and find her mother wherever her mother might be and go suck her mother dry that that is that is point blank period yeah that that is on period okay like that she that definitely can happen I don't give a shit what has happened in your life. When you spend the the entirety of your adult life pretending to be black women and taking pretending to be a black woman and taking up spaces that black women should be in, and when black women have clocked that something ain't quite right in the light, you have gaslit them that they they they've got it wrong. You've made black women question their own judgment. But I will say that that was written like someone who is very aware of all the terms to use you can't read that and find a to me personally you can't read that and find a fault in what was written i still hate every part of it i hate every part of it with my entire fucking being i hate it yeah because just because you've admitted to the trauma that you've caused that you don't know how to um, rectify it or to fix anything doesn't mean that you you know that that you know all of this is okay like you've written written this and now what and i feel like she only went and wrote this because she had been caught like she had nowhere else to go she gaslit too many people she couldn't go any further and i'm seeing ha 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 black men being the ones to jump up and being like oh 
I'm so sorry to the black women who tried to draw my attention to what Jessica was doing. And I told them that, no, she is black and she is, she is that. Because all of you are so colorist. You're so, like, colorism is rife within the black community. It is so rife. And this would not have been able to happen if it wasn't for, oh, no, 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 black love, hashtag black love. But I'm going to be with someone who's as fucking light-skinned as possible. That's how we got here because of the veneration of um, light-skinnedness. So, and, oh, you can't question anybody's blackness. And I'm not out here trying to question anybody's blackness, but it's just interesting to me how, like Jessica Krug points out here, blackness is the space where everyone goes to dump everything that they felt that is ostracized from whiteness. Everyone can come and be in here. And then within this space, the power dynamics you can't address. We can't address that those who are lighter skinned have, you know, more advantages and more privileges than those who are here and those who are there. And if your hair is this way, you get here. And I'm not necessarily even talking about beauty politics. I'm talking about the socioeconomic, um, um, repercussions, um, from from these things from having these um you know these uh you know these whatever they signify these signifiers yeah these signifiers these lighter skin signifiers when you have all of these things and and the less racially um and sorry the more racially ambiguous you are the more things that you get and Brie Newsom pointed this out so accurately. Brie was like, this could have only happened because of colorism. Because, and I mentioned it a few weeks ago before all of this even happened, that all the talking heads that we see, light-skinned people predominantly on TV, like those are the people that are given the spaces. Like they can come on and talk as impassioned as they want. Black people who are seen, oh, they have to, they have to, you know, mellow it out a bit, you know. Uh, We don't question that. We don't question why these are the voices that are okay to speak on everybody else's behalf. Oh, are you saying I'm not as black as you? I never fucking said that, but I am saying that there is an issue with why you lot are the ones that are put forward first. And because of that, this is how people like this can enter these, 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 these uh, usurpers. This is how they can enter, these infiltrators. This is how they can enter because, oh, you can't question my blackness. So all of these um, monoracial, um, you know, very, very clearly black women, very, very clearly black women were unable to call out this behavior because, oh, you can't question somebody else's blackness. You know, oh, she, well, she said she's black and she said it goes as far back as this and political blackness and all of this and all of that. And it was just interesting to me, the number of British people who could really speak on this Jessica situation. But when it was that, um, that white man who went and gave himself a Yoruba name, when it was him taking arts council money and being the head of this theatre and that theatre, you lot went and signed petitions and letters and you were okay with that. Why is it okay that because people feel ostracized within whiteness, they can just, everyone can jump into blackness. Why is that fucking okay because what happens is that never do these people just want to come into blackness and just chill and just go to tesco and mind their business every fucking body needs to take up a real prominent role within that black cosplay that they're doing everybody look at rachel dolezal or whatever the fuck her name is she had to be the what the head of a chapter of one of the naacp or whatever she had to be the head of a black organization one of the chapters of a black organization this one had to be um a professor of african and african diaspora studies um that one had to go and be the head of a a a black theater company or whatever the fuck like 
they don't that is white privilege at work that is whiteness at work that they can't even enter into blackness and shut the fuck up and step the fuck back they must center themselves in the narrative and then gaslight anybody who has the audacity to call out what they're doing that is violence that is violence and i i just feel like everybody needs to suck their mum and 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 it's the way that we go to instinctively shield whiteness so although it's nowhere like i would say that it's not necessarily directly comparable but that's the energy that i got from the adele and the bantu knots thing i'm not even going to talk about the flag that's not for me but for the bantu knots thing it's just like oh but you know she grew up around back you lot will make excuses for white women to do whatever they want within you know black spaces because you like them at what point is it just violence regardless of who it is no matter how much you like them that's just fucking wrong and i feel that way like i can have friends i have friends who i have to be like no 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 no. you're you're very much a white woman always remember that don't come and do the most here like do what you're doing enjoy what you're doing if you feel like you know it well do what you're doing but behave yourself that is necessary let white women let white people know their boundaries because if you don't let them know whiteness will just carry them away like it's inherent it will just carry them away and they'll just keep you know taking more and more and more and more space and i feel like that's something that we need to be aware of that even when these people are cosplaying they have to have the most prominent roles with the most power to do what they're doing that therefore shows that the whiteness that that dynamic of um colonizing is still there it's still very much there and i can't stand it so jessica can uh, definitely suck her mother and it's funny because i was going to talk about another professor uh, or um, another woman who was pretending to be an indigenous um queer um science professor um who started the me too something um science hashtag um me too in stem that's it i think it's it she started this hashtag pretending to be an indigenous woman um queer woman who's a scientist and then during the pandemic she said uh, the white woman who created this page and they would interact with each other and that page had lots and lots of followers and obviously again another prominent role that she created for for herself by pretending to be a non-white person um, that page is credited as starting the me too hashtag me too in stem movement and all of that stuff the white woman now came and announced online that oh yeah that scientist woman is dead she died um of covid but where she fumbled herself where she flopped herself was now she said oh yeah the university that she was working at still kept making her come to work to deliver lectures and i think that that's what killed her only for the university to go like there's never been anyone of that name who's worked here like that person doesn't exist so this clearly must be a hoax so Twitter took the two pages down, took her page down and took the um, the page that she created for the scientists down because it was actually fake. And this is, I keep stressing that this is why we must be vigilant online with who we are supporting and what we are doing. Like, I'm still waiting for us to talk about, um, I mean, we mentioned him last week with his antics. I'm not even going to bother with his name, but we mentioned him with his antics. And I don't know why there's such widespread like dislike of him, but um even he like if he they turn around and go actually he's white as white can be i wouldn't be surprised either because people feel that they can enter into blackness and just take up all of the space or you know non-white spaces just enter and do whatever the hell they like and i can't stand it i i just think it's absolutely absolutely disgusting so jessica krug get a straw 
insert it into Mother Krug and suck her till she's dehydrated. Yeah, because to me, this is a violence like none other. And it just goes to exemplify how black women and our spaces are the least protected. And no matter how much we try to reinforce our boundaries, people will come and start trying to gaslight us as to why we should let this person in and why we should let that person in to the point that we have this fuckery. So um, Jessica and anybody who supported her fuckery, all of you can go suck your mothers. Yeah, that's what I'd like for you. So that's pretty much it for this week. Thank you to ExpressVPN for supporting this episode. And thank you to all of you, baby boys, baby girls, and baby non-binaries for listening. And thank you to me for bringing energy even though i feel exhausted Woo! lev agrees so yeah that's it for this week um this has been sym officially known as say your mind unofficially known as what what that's right suck your mother i have been kalechi girl your baby girl in residence and i'll catch you on the flip side peace it's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy Hard time scrolling for your long truants You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind